who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. Some of you may think a podcast about representation, it's not for me. But if you're a human being, then the podcast Reppin is for you because we all represent something as people. So are you interested in knowing what you have in common with your favorite actors to best-selling authors and leaders in different genres? On Reppin, you'll meet notable people you think you know, You'll see what they show up for, and you'll see what they represent. It's an insightful, feel-good show, hosted by me, Evelyn. So come and take a listen. Reppin' is available wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Madigan, and you're listening to Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist, a podcast that explores the world through a personal feminist perspective. Hello, hello, everybody. I hope we are all having a great week so far. To start off, I wanted to mention the two most recent episodes for the Angry Feminist Book Club, which I thoroughly enjoyed creating. I think they are really great episodes if I were to toot my own horn. There are now two episodes where I discuss everything the Wonderful Wizard of Oz by L. Frank Baum. And the second episode was so much fun because I really added a lot of my own personal stories about The Wizard of Oz, about me meeting the Munchkins as a kid, about meeting Judy Garland's son, kind of. <laughs> Talking about going to Judy Garland's birthplace, which is now the Judy Garland Museum in Grand Rapids, Minnesota, as well as, you know, just talking about my childhood obsession with it. And the other great thing about this episode is that as I was going along with reading what I had had prepared, there are more and more things that I was remembering, like little tidbits about the movie and the making of it. And like my brain is just filled with useless knowledge about The Wizard of Oz. So if you want to hear me speak very excitedly about a topic, get to know me a little bit better and get to know why The Wizard of Oz is truly seen as one of America's greatest pieces of literature as well as being one of the best movies of all time. And I'm not just saying that, I've got data to back it up. To join the Angry Feminist Book Club, just go to patreon.com slash angryneighborhoodfeminist. You can join the book club for $5 a month, but if you want a little bit of extra content and you want these episodes a little bit early and ad-free, you can join the $7 level, which is called the Feminist Faves level, and give a little extra support to the show as well. 
Of course, I'm never going to pressure any of you to join Patreon. I so appreciate that you spend your money on supporting the show, getting more episodes and all of that. And I'm just going to continue to do my best to give you what you want. So Please, if you have any recommendations for future books that you want me to cover or anything else that you want to see or hear on Patreon that I can give you a little bit extra of whatever you're wanting, please, please, please let me know. I am here to serve you, my friends. Please email me at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram at angryneighborhoodfeminist. Second of all, I want to let you all know that by the end of the month, you will be hearing the first episodes of Still Learning with India Oxenberg. I am so excited for all of you to finally listen to a show that I feel very proud of, that I've worked very, very hard on, that I'm still working really, really hard on. And it's going to be it's going to be wonderful. I'm so excited to go on this new adventure. And with that, I wanted to say that I am going to be releasing one of the recent Patreon episodes for this week's full-length episode because I do have a lot of work to get done in the next couple of weeks and I don't want my brain to be all over the place. So once I'm done with this mini episode today, I'm going to be in still learning land for a while. Be sure to follow the podcast on Instagram at Still Learning the Podcast, where you can get all of the updates, all of the cool pictures India has taken, all of the good stuff, right? All right, now that I filled you in on all of that, let's get into the bulk of this episode. But before I get into this topic, I just wanted to give a quick trigger warning as I will be discussing sexual harassment and sexual assault within this topic. Please see the show notes for any resources if you or someone you know is being sexually abused or harassed. I, again, have one topic that I really, really want to discuss that has been on my mind that I have a lot of feelings about, so let's get into it now. I want to talk a bit about the Lizzo controversy, and I got to be honest with you all, I've had a bit of a question mark around Lizzo for a few years because back in 2019, I believe, There was this video released of Lizzo with Chris Brown where she is telling him that he is her favorite person in the whole fucking world. And as a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. So wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. 
And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. That made me feel a little bit off about her. And I've kind of kept my mouth shut because she is so loved by so many. And I'm also like, okay, like maybe she doesn't know, but also as a person in the music industry or a person in the world, how do you not know that Chris Brown is a violent asshole, right? That one incident has always been really, really hard for me to reconcile. And let's talk a little bit about Chris Brown for a second so you all understand why I have so much rage around that from a few years ago. Chris Brown has faced numerous charges for violence against women. In 2009, he pled guilty to assaulting his then-girlfriend, Rihanna. He has also been involved in violent altercations with Drake and Frank Ocean. Back in 2012, Drake and his entourage were involved in a, quote, scuffle with Chris Brown in a nightclub in Soho, New York City. Eight people were injured in this brawl, including the basketball player Tony Parker, who had surgery to remove a piece of glass from his eye. Oh, I don't know about anyone else, but anything to do with eyes is like too much for me. That and belly buttons like, no, that's a no go for me. Chris Brown's altercation with Frank Ocean occurred in 2013 over a parking space outside of a recording studio in West Hollywood. What? This is so fucking stupid. Park somewhere else. Like what? Park somewhere else. I will never understand the arrogance, the audacity of some people, truly. So over this parking spot, Brown allegedly punched Frank Ocean, and Ocean said Brown also threatened to shoot him. In 2016, a woman called 911 accusing Brown of threatening her with a gun inside of her home. And it just gets worse. This led to a standoff with LAPD when he wouldn't let the officers into the home. He was like live tweeting about this and on Instagram and going off about the cops and all of this stuff. And it just seems like a really scary situation for this woman that he was literally holding hostage inside of this home. Unfortunately, charges for this incident were later dropped, which is just... So enraging to me, but I also understand why. I mean, going up against Chris Brown when clearly this man has time and time and time again shown us his violent nature and still gets away with it. He's still so like accepted in the music industry and loved by so many people. I just don't get it. I don't get it, especially if you see yourself as being a fan of Rihanna in particular. It's like, how can you support her and listen to this person's music? I hate Chris Brown. Finally, in January of 2022, a woman filed a civil suit accusing Brown of raping her in 2020. So why Lizzo thought that in 2021, it would have been a good idea to publicly endorse Chris Brown is absolutely beyond me. To me, that should have been career suicide. 
Now, Lizzo's own controversy has arrived, and to me, it's incredibly upsetting and disheartening. Three former dancers have filed a lawsuit against Lizzo, whose real name is Melissa Vivian Jefferson, accusing her of sexual harassment and creating a hostile work environment stemming from incidents that occurred between 2021 and 2023. They are also suing Lizzo's production company, Big Girl Touring Incorporated, girl spelled G-R-R-R-L, or BGBT, as well as choreographer Shirlene Quigley. The three plaintiffs are Crystal Williams, Ariana Davis, and Noel Rodriguez. They allege sexual, religious, and racial harassment, disability discrimination, assault, and false imprisonment. These women have performed at festivals and other appearances for Lizzo's The Special Tour. In the lawsuit, the dancers claimed that Lizzo had brought up the issue of Ariana Davis's weight gain, which seems pretty preposterous to me since Lizzo has based so much of her fame around body positivity. Her Instagram handle is literally Lizzo Be Eating. The comments led to the plaintiff feeling pressured to, quote, explain her weight gain and disclose intimate personal details about her life in order to keep her job to Lizzo and a choreographer by the name of Tanisha Scott. The lawsuit states, quote, in professional dance, a dancer's weight gain is often seen as the dancer getting lazy or worse off as a performer. Lizzo and Miss Scott's questions about Miss Davis's weight gain, which Lizzo had previously called attention to after noticing it at the South by Southwest Music Festival. She was then fired for taping a meeting where Lizzo had given notes to the dancers. This seems absurd to me because as someone who's been in a rehearsal space before, it's incredibly helpful to have a recording, especially maybe for dancers to record a dance or even to record Lizzo herself giving those notes so that you can refer back to them later instead of typing them out. I don't know. I, I personally don't see a problem with this, especially if you already have some sort of situation regarding privacy worked out with the people that are working with you. You know, clearly they should already be aware that if they are going to be taking any so, sort of videos or pictures and posting them anywhere that there needs to be some sort of authorization, whatever. I feel like those are all boundaries that should have been set before any sort of tour or rehearsal process even began so if there is an issue with taping a meeting if anything that should have been a warning there should not have been an immediate firing for someone taping a meeting during a trip to Amsterdam in February 2023 two of the plaintiffs went out to the red light district that night with Lizzo and the group went to a strip club in the lawsuit the plaintiffs claimed that they went along out of fear of losing their jobs Quote, the main event of the night was a club called Bananen Bar, whose patrons are allowed to interact with completely nude performers. While at Bananen Bar, things quickly got out of hand. Lizzo began inviting cast members to take turns touching the nude performers, catching dildos launched from the performers' vaginas, and eating bananas protruding from the performers' vaginas. Lizzo then turned her attention to Miss Davis and began pressuring her to touch the breasts of one of the nude women performing at the club. Lizzo, leading a chant, goaded Miss Davis. Miss Davis said three times, loud enough for all to hear, I'm good, expressing her desire not to touch the performer. Davis eventually acquiesced, fearing it may harm her future on the team. The complaint reads, quote, plaintiffs were aghast with how little regard Lizzo showed for the bodily autonomy of her employees and those around her, especially in the presence of many people whom she employed. 
Later that night, Lizzo, according to the suit, quote, badgered a member of her security team to get on stage where she pulled his pants down and hit him with whips. The next week, the plaintiffs say Lizzo took the dancers out without disclosing that they would be attending a nude cabaret bar in Paris. The suit also covers an incident when the dancers banded together to request a retainer for their work, and they were scolded by a person on the management team for, quote, unacceptable and disrespectful behavior, and that it was grounds for termination. This left the dancers, consisting mostly of fuller-figured women of color, to feel the comments were racially charged as well as body shaming. The lawsuit reads, quote, The BGBT's management team consisted entirely of white Europeans who often accused the black members of the dance team of being lazy, unprofessional, and having bad attitudes. The plaintiffs also claim that it was only the dancers who, again, were all fuller-figured women of color who were spoken to in this type of degrading tone, which gave the plaintiffs, quote, the impression that these comments were charged with racial and fat-phobic animus. Dancers Ariana Davis and Crystal Williams first met as participants on Lizzo's reality competition show, Watch Out for the Big Girls, which found dancers for her team. On the show, Shirlene Quigley was a dance captain and a judge. The lawsuit claims that Quigley often proselytized her Christian beliefs. Great. The lawsuit states that at some point, Quigley discovered that Miss Davis was a virgin and she became obsessed over it. I can't stand people like this. I have a friend who had a woman who was her assistant who started like tracking her periods and things like that. Like, why do people have to be so fucking creepy and get so involved in other people's fucking business? Like, stay in your lane. The lawsuit states, in the months to follow, Miss Quigley would routinely bring up Miss Davis's virginity in conversations with Miss Davis. Miss Quigley even mentioned Miss Davis's virginity in interviews she participated in and later posted to social media, broadcasting an intensely personal detail about Miss Davis to the world. As for Rodriguez, Quigley would often single her out as a non-believer. I can only imagine how frustrating that would be. Religion should not be brought into a workplace in this way. Everyone is free to believe in whatever they want to believe, but a person in authority in particular at this work environment should not be using religion as a weapon against someone that is working for them. Williams was also fired, purportedly due to budget cuts, leading Rodriguez to resign. According to the suit, no one else was fired the day that Williams was. Rodriguez has also stated that Lizzo repeatedly threatened dancers during a meeting that occurred on April 27th of this year, in which she told the team that she had, quote, eyes and ears everywhere. This seems to be the catalyst for her resignation. According to the lawsuit, after this, quote, Lizzo aggressively approached Ms. Rodriguez, cracking her knuckles, bawling her fists, exclaiming, you're lucky, you're so fucking lucky. Allegedly, quote, neither security nor management did anything to de-escalate the situation. As Lizzo left the room, she raised both her middle fingers and yelled, bye, bitch. That's just very unprofessional. It's not even good behavior personally, to be honest. My name is Jenny Owen Youngs. And I'm Kristen Russo. And together we spent six years watching every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer one at a time, podcasting about each and every one. Our podcast is called Buffering the Vampire Slayer, and you can learn more about it at BufferingCast.com. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. 
In a statement shared with Variety, the dancer's attorney, Ron Zambrano, commented, The stunning nature of how Lizzo and her management team treated their performers seems to go against everything Lizzo stands for publicly, while privately she weight shames her dancers and demeans them in ways that are not only illegal, but absolutely demoralizing. In a classic Notes app statement on August 3rd, Lizzo posted the following, quote, These last few days have been gut-wrenchingly difficult and overwhelmingly disappointing. My work ethic, morals, and respectfulness have been questioned. My character has been criticized. Usually I choose not to respond to false allegations, but these are as unbelievable as they sound and too outrageous not to be addressed. These sensationalized stories are coming from former employees who have already publicly admitted that they were told their behavior on tour was inappropriate and unprofessional. As an artist, I have always been very passionate about what I do. I take my music and my performances seriously because at the end of the day, I only want to put out the best art that represents me and my fans. With passion comes hard work and high standards. Sometimes I have to make hard decisions, but it's never my intention to make anyone feel uncomfortable or like they aren't valued as an important part of the team. I am not here to be looked at as a victim, but I also know that I am not the villain that people in the media have portrayed me to be these last few days. I am very open with my sexuality and expressing myself, but I cannot accept or allow people to use that openness to make me out to be something I am not. There is nothing I take more seriously than the respect we deserve as women in the world. I know what it feels like to be body shamed on a daily basis and would absolutely never criticize or terminate an employee because of their weight. I'm hurt but will not let the good work I've done in this world be overshadowed by this. I want to thank everyone who has reached out in support to lift me up during this difficult time. <sighs> I don't know. It's I understand where she's coming from and here. I wrote something down and I'm just going to I'm just going to stick with that. I wrote Lizzo, as the head of the tour, the boss, the one in charge, you have a disproportionate amount of power compared to every single other person who comes on that tour with you. Your words, comments, and actions hold a lot of meaning because you are in charge. You can be open about your sexuality and still create a safe and respectful work environment for your crew. In fact, I would say the best way to be sex positive with people in general is by being respectful of what those around you would and would not consent to. I understand that groups of people like this can become like family and the lines can be blurred, but especially as their boss, it is unfortunately your responsibility to show an example and to act more professionally. And it wasn't just these three dancers that had something to say. There have been others that have come out in support of them as well. A documentarian by the name of Sophia Nolly Allison, who was hired to do a documentary on Lizzo, shared her experience. She said, quote, In 2019, I traveled a bit with Lizzo to be the director of her documentary. I walked away after about two weeks. I was treated with such disrespect by her. I witnessed how arrogant, self-centered, and unkind she is. For clarification, I'm not part of the lawsuit, but this was very much my experience in my time. She also referred to Lizzo as a narcissistic bully. A former dancer for Lizzo named Courtney Hollenquest wrote to Instagram, big shout out to the dancers who had the courage to bring this to light. Quinn Wilson, Lizzo's former creative director, reposted Hollenquest's story, adding, I haven't been a part of that world for around three years for a reason. 
I very much applaud the dancer's courage to bring this to light, and I grieve parts of my own experience. I'd appreciate space to understand my feelings. I wanted to learn more about sexual harassment in the entertainment industry, especially because, like I mentioned in my little letter to Lizzo, I understand that in a lot of in a lot of careers in workplaces that are surrounded by the arts, it can be particularly, I feel like, a little bit more loosey-goosey and open. I mean, I remember even 13 years ago when I first started going to film school out in Los Angeles, teachers and authority figures would like come to house parties and be doing drugs with us and drinking with us. And it really did blur that line. And it did get some teachers and some students into some really terrible situations. And that's why those kinds of boundaries really need to be set. And I mean, obviously, this is something that happens in every work environment. I remember when I was taking the sexual harassment seminar for my retail job, they were discussing, you know, the fact that if you have a relationship with a fellow employee, typically probably someone who's around the same level as you or, you know, same age, something like that, you can draw certain lines about what can and cannot be discussed. But I'm also a firm believer personally, just to make sure that everybody is feeling comfortable, that any of those kinds of conversations that could possibly be seen as inappropriate for the work environment, I would just say save it for drinks afterwards, save it for when you're not at your actual workplace, and also make sure that you're constantly having conversations with each other about what makes you comfortable? What makes you uncomfortable? Is it okay if I talk to you about this? You know, I think that the more open you can be with people about those certain conversations, the better. And the fact that Lizzo is pointing out her sexuality and how she's always been very open, I think that you can be a very open sexual person and still be respectful of everyone else around you. Like if you wanted to go to these cabarets and you wanted to go to these strip clubs or whatever, Give everyone with you all of the information ahead of time and then treat them with respect once they're there. But wanting to learn even more about this, I went to projectwhen.org. According to a study published by the International Labor Organization, there are several factors that go into why the entertainment industry in particular tends to be a breeding ground for harassment. Culture, organizational structure, and image or reputation can impact behavior in workplaces within the entertainment and media sector. Power dynamics in this industry allow for a work culture where misconduct is usually overlooked or not reported for fear of career repercussions, or other people gaslighting you into being like, this is normal, this is just like how it goes, you know? According to the Project WEN website, inasmuch as managers and industry leaders are expected to be responsible for preventing harassment in the workplace, celebrities, staff members, and the public do have their own share of responsibility. Recognizing one's role in the fight against this pervasive problem goes a long way. If disrespectful behavior is being overlooked or even being tolerated in the workplace, acknowledging the situation is a crucial first step. Awareness about your rights is also important. And remember, speaking up about harassment or discrimination is protected under both federal and state laws. And it's really important to learn your rights. So I highly recommend going to the Project WEN website, projectwhen.org, or clicking the link below in the show notes to find resources on fighting harassment in the workplace. 
I've worked in and around the entertainment industry for a long time now. I've worked on sets, I've worked with big names, I've been friends with big names, and I've also been a nanny to some famous people as well. And there is a strange sort of environment when around these people. Like I said, when working in the arts, it's almost expected of you to be more open and less worried about the standards of a usual workplace because what you're doing feels like play. It doesn't really feel like work. You're not in an office setting. You know, maybe these roles feel a little bit less defined. On top of that, performers usually form incredibly close bonds when working together, and it can be easy to forget that you're working together, not just hanging out as friends sometimes. It's always important to get consent, to create boundaries, and create an environment where people feel safe enough to openly discuss their concerns without fear or retribution. If I were to sit down and have a conversation with Lizzo right now, I would ask her to do what the Project WEN website requested of all of us. Take some responsibility. Acknowledge your shortcomings. Say, yeah, maybe I fucked up a little bit. Maybe this is a place for some growth. Take a look back reflect, move forward, and be better. I don't think that the quote-unquote cancel culture necessarily means that we have to completely thrust everyone to the dust for every misdeed, for every bad decision, but I also think that people need to be held accountable. And I think that there's also a large spectrum of harassment, of abuse, of hurt, But I also believe that every single person that comes forward with even what might be considered the smallest concern should be taken seriously, should be treated with respect, and and justice should be served, and it should all be acknowledged. So I truly hope that above all, this is a learning experience for Lizzo. This was something that I feel like Ellen DeGeneres went through a couple of years ago. People are still kind of like on the fence about Ellen as well, but... I feel like as long as you can show people that you can grow and be accountable and give people time, I think that's the other thing is that whenever there's these controversies, people automatically want to cover up, get on with it, move on, act like this controversy never happened. But I think that the best thing to do in the long run for the longevity of your career, Miss Lizzo, would be to give the victims, the plaintiffs, time to heal, go through this lawsuit, be humble, be kind, don't throw anyone under the bus, and just show the grace that you can have moving forward and give everyone the time and space to heal, to learn, to understand, and give yourself that space as well. I know I've been doing a lot of one-topic coverage per news episode but I feel like lately there's been a lot of things that I feel like I need to discuss for longer than just a few minutes so I hope that all of you are okay with me really focusing on this topic today I'm sure a lot of you have your own thoughts and feelings about all of this maybe they differ from mine maybe you would like to elaborate on something that I've said I would love to learn from all of you as well so if you would like to get in touch and have a conversation with me about any of this or you know share anything with me that you would want me to put up on next week's episode please email me at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram at angry neighborhood feminist and we can get connected. 
I want to remind you all one more time that you can join me on Patreon at patreon.com slash angryneighborhoodfeminist. And you can all look forward to my new show, Still Learning with India Oxenberg, coming out very, very shortly. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at Still Learning the Podcast for all of the updates you'll need. Last but not least, if you love the show and you think others would too, Go on over to your Apple Podcast app and leave a five-star review with a quick sentence about why you enjoy the show. And if you're a Spotify listener, you can go ahead and rate the show over there as well. As always, thank you so much for listening. That's all I have for you today. With all that being said, I encourage you to rage on. Wander with us into a world of magic. Do you lack magic? Ever since I was born, I could hear the spirits of the other world. Where old stories take on a new life. If you break even one of these conditions, the consequence is death. And the world is teeming with possibilities. It's midnight, girls! They're here! Get ready to change! Well, for the last time, we're not kissing, Fritz! <laughs> Join Jenny and Madeline in this fantastical audio drama as they journey into the stories you grew up with as you've never heard them before. You are no more than a demon! Okay, Gown. Let's do this. And reinvent fairy tales with a feminist twist. Ready for your next adventure? Then we'll see you soon in the forest of feminist fairy tales.